Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 6th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak. We've got Natalie back for a, another week. We figured last week we tried to have uh, everybody who was doing a segment do it live, and we enjoyed it. Uh, it broke up the monotony of just me and James going back and forth. So we've got Natalie back. So welcome, Natalie. We're glad you can join us again. But James, I do want to talk about a couple things that happened Broadway radio-wise uh, here over the weekend. Yesterday on Sunday, you had two episodes come out. The first was a new This Week on Broadway with Peter and Michael, and you guys most notably discussed the revised production of Rags starring Samantha Massell at the Goodspeed Opera House. Yeah, Peter uh, gave us the update on that, and uh, I don't know if your ears are ringing, Matt. We were talking a little bit about you. I invoked the Matt oh. Tamanini, um, because Peter had said that this was a very good production, and the revisions uh, went over really well for Peter, and he said that he thought that maybe uh, Roundabout should pick it up and do it. And I said, you know, Matt's been talking about how Roundabout has no musicals in their oh. current schedule. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, perhaps we'll talk uh, about the, we'll talk about that more in this episode too. We will. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would that would be great. I mean, I think um, a lot of people have been talking about how good the revisal is, uh, but you don't expect rags, especially after how unspectacular its initial run on Broadway was. You wouldn't expect for it to be a commercial production. So something like Roundabout or or even MTC picking it up would be would be great because it is such a great score. Yeah, uh, and they have thrown out 11 songs and written new, 11 new songs, so it's like almost a whole, totally new show. Okay, so maybe it's not a great score. What do I know <laughs> if it's a completely different thing? Uh, but then also, speaking of a great score, uh, yesterday evening, the new episode of Jan Simpson's Stagecraft was released in which she talked to the band's visit book writer, Itamar Moses. Uh, that's one of the shows that I'm, I'm coming up to New York this week to see. I am very, very excited to see that. So I haven't listened to Jan's episode yet, but I'm going to uh, probably save that one for the uh, to the plane flight up to New York on Tuesday morning. Yeah, I was really excited. Uh, uh, Jan turned around and said, hey, you know, I talked with Itamar Moses. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's a great get. Uh, let's, uh, uh, you know, let's get that out there. And so uh, Jan's doing some great, great things. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm jealous of the people that I'm she gets on it. her show. I'm going to say yeah, it. <laughs> but I'm jealous of the people she gets on her show. I mean, I guess it helps to be one of the uh, rotating panelists on Theater Talk and also to be the head of a uh, highly prestigious academic uh, program that yeah. directly relates to theater media. But whatever. I mean, no harm, no foul. She's she's keeping it in the family. <laughs> she is very, very talented. I'm excited that we're, we're able to work with her. All right. First up in the news, War Paint says goodbye to Broadway. Yes, yesterday the original Broadway production of War Paint played its final performance, the 269th of its run. The show featured a book by Doug Wright, music by Scott Frankel, lyrics by Michael Corey, and was directed by Michael Greif. And while all of those names are spectacular, the draw for this show was undoubtedly the two, the pair of two-time Tony winners, Christine Eversall and Patti Lapone. The show had originally announced a closing at the end of December, but moved up the final performance to accommodate Lapone's need to have 
have immediate hip replacement surgery. So now the Niederlander is vacant and presumably is looking for a tenant for this spring. We've discussed previously the possibility of the Honeymooners going in there. And last week, James, you said out of a handful of shows that we were discussing that that was the show in your mind that was most likely to make it to Broadway this season. But there are some other shows that are still kicking around. Roman Holiday, Summer the Donna Summer Musical, which is getting ready to have its world premiere out in California. Then there's Hades Town, although I don't think that the Niederlander would be a great fit for that show. There's that Monsoon Wedding Musical, which I think is probably going to die on the vine instead. Uh, then there's also Dream Girls, which has kind of been rumored to be pushing its revival plans back to next season, but that could always change. And then, of course, there's our beloved Head Over Heels, which I will not say a bad word about because I get nasty tweets every time I do. Um, so so it should be interesting to see what ends up going there. I don't think the Niederlander is going to take a play. There are a few plays that have been announced that are still waiting um, for a venue, the minutes and an enemy of the people. But I don't see either of those going in there. Um, Natalie, since I know James said that he's uh, he, he thinks the, uh, the Honeymooners might be coming this season out of any of those shows interested, are there any um, that stick out to you as being the most exciting to potentially come to Broadway, whether it's at the Niederlander or not? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, probably Dreamgirls because I've never seen it. Um, but I love the cast album and I'd love to see Dreamgirls. Yeah. So right. I'd like to uh, revise my remarks. Um, okay. Well, I, it was on a different conversation. It was on a slightly different conversation. So I'm not holding you to that coming into the Nederlander. Yeah. So there's two things about Honeymooners going into the Nederlanders, um, going into Nederlander would be that this will eventually, if it does happen, that'll eventually be a Peter Felicia trivia thing because you had Honeymoon in Vegas and the Honeymooners, uh, <laughs> both in the Nederlander, both coming from the Paper Mill Playhouse type of thing. You know, that's totally a Peter Felicia trivia thing in the making five years from now. So bookmark that. Uh, the other thing is, I think that I said the Donna Summer musical because it had such a uh, higher profile thing than, and the Honeymooners didn't get great reviews other than, a very good review in the New York Times by the third string, not uh, normal reviewer. Uh, so I, I don't know how much weight that that holds. Yeah, I, oh, I, I thought you said the Honeymooners just because of the name recognition, but maybe I got that all confused. Normally, it's you who don't listen to me, but apparently I'm not listening to you either. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, another thing you could add to the Peter Felicia trivia here is – uh, if that does go into the Nederlander, which one will have a shorter run, the Honeymooners or Honeymoon in Vegas? I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah. Just, you know, whatever. It's true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Let's move forward into more stars added to Roundabout's Damn Yankees concert. Yeah, not the band Damn Yankees, but the musical Damn Yankees. Um, <laughs> on Friday, the Roundabout Theater Company announced that the equally great Danny Burstein and Victoria Clark had joined the December 11th benefit concert performance cast of Damn Yankees, the musical. Uh, Bernstein will be playing the Washington Senators manager Van Buren, and Clark will be playing the underappreciated wife Meg Boyd. They will be joining the previously announced Whoopi Goldberg as Applegate, still genius casting, and Maggie Gyllenhaal as Lola. When we first discussed this concert, James Earl Jones had been announced to play the senator's owner, but he has had to withdraw due to a scheduling conflict. That part has not yet been recast, at least not publicly. Kathleen Marshall will direct the event, which will again take place on December 11th at the Stephen Sondheim Theater, the home of beautiful The Carol King musical. 
obviously there's no shock that they are getting great folks to be in this, but I'm really interested to see who they cast as the Joes, Boyd and Hardy. If RTC has any hope of turning this into a Broadway production, assuming Roundabout still has intentions of doing musicals in the foreseeable future, I think a lot would rest on who they cast as Hardy. I really can't see Maggie Gyllenhaal doing a production of Damn Yankees, a full production, both because of her busy shooting schedule and the amount of dancing that the role would would require. But then again, I didn't expect her brother to be able to sing one of Sondheim's best scores either. So what do I know? You know, what's in that Gyllenhaal water when they're bringing them up? Something, (laughs) they they did something right. You know, they were like having that Callaway water or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, um, I think James, I want to say, I don't know how long ago it was, but didn't Sean Hayes and Jane uh, Krakowski and Cheyenne Jackson do a, like a, was it an actor's fund benefit of damn Yankees a number of years ago? I still think Cheyenne Jackson, while he's a little older now, um, would still be great for this. I don't know. Um, what his availability is like, because he seems to be doing a lot of on-screen stuff, but but he's had experience with that show, and he's fantastic, so he would make a, a, a really good Joe Hardy, I think. Huh. So, uh, yeah, in 2008, there was a uh, Jane Krakowski City mm-hmm. Center Encore Summer Series. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, okay. And uh, Cheyenne and Sean Hayes as well. So, um, it, it, it's such a great show. You can put in I mean, we could dreamcast this a million different ways. That's true. That's that would, true. You know, that'd be really awesome. You know, uh, and you know, we haven't even mentioned uh, Benanti. You know, <laughs> well, she she's unfortunately going to be busy for busy. this concert yeah. Be, yeah. for the for, with Meteor Shower. But if they did a full production and Maggie Gyllenhaal didn't um, decide to go on with it. I would love to see Benanti as Lola. I don't know. Again, she doesn't hasn't done a whole lot of dancing in her uh, Broadway career. Uh, but she I, did you know, swing. I, don't, I don't swing was her first uh, show, her first Broadway was, show. Was it was it swing or contact? I always get the two confused. But did she? It was swing. OK, she was like the, the lady in the yellow dress or something. No, that right? was contact. Contact. Oh, see, is, I'm sc- yeah. again, so confused. But either way. Yeah. So I would love to see her and that I'd love to see her in anything. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up we have a potpourri, uh, <laughs> another potpourri uh, of uh, news uh, bouillabaisse. Yes, to make sure you uh, phrase all of your answers in the form of a question. But yes, uh, we've got a bunch of <laughs> random things that popped up on Friday and over the weekend. First, Broadway radio friend and Tony-nominated star of Miss Saigon, Eva Nobelzada, uh, renounced yesterday that she and Leo Roberts – whom she met when they were both in the West End company of Les Miserables, had tied the knot. It looked like they just did it at the courthouse, so good for them. Congratulations to the happy couple. But if it's not too much to ask, could you hold off on your honeymoon? I've got tickets to see the show on Friday night. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> in other news on Friday, the marquee for the upcoming holiday concert, Home for the Holidays, went up at the August Wilson Theater. Now, you might be asking yourself, Matt, why is that newsworthy? The show begins performances on November 17th. Why wouldn't their marquee go up? Well, as you might recall, the Wilson already had a marquee up for its spring show, Mean Girls. So there was some discussion about about whether or not the Mean Girls marquee would come down completely, whether they would just drape something over the top of it for Home for the Holidays. Um, But the show, which features reality stars Candace Glover, Josh Kaufman, a former Broadway Pippin, lest you forget, uh, Bianca Ryan and more, does get an official marquee up all over the place. Now, 
James and Natalie, I'm usually really super wrong about the appeal of these types of specialty shows. Like, I'm always really surprised at how well things like The Illusionists do. But do you guys think that people are going to pay money for this? Like, these aren't great names. Natalie, you're much younger than either James or I are. Do these reality folks have any appeal to you or your millennial brethren, do you think? You know, honestly, I had to Google them just now because I was okay. Good. I was reading. I was like, I I don't know. So not to me, but I'm sure to I don't know. But I'm I I don't know. I I don't think so. Not really. I'm sure they're great people, but I, they're all really talented. I, I know, know who all yeah. of them are. They're all really talented. James, am I misreading the 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 appeal to this? Is it not the millennials, but is it instead like the I don't know, the the moms and dads who put their kids to bed and watch American Idol and The Voice instead that are going to be interested in this show. Those That would be more likely the people to buy Broadway tickets anyway. I guess it really depends on where they're marketing this uh, and what market it is. And But I mean, November 17th through the end of the year, is it or so? Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, they got to they got to keep it running for eight weeks. Um and, you know, it's a very busy eight weeks where people come into town and they're like, oh, yeah, I can't get a ticket to Hamilton. I can't get a ticket to Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to be over at TKTS. And, oh, yeah, I know oh, yeah. Candace Glover will pay 75 bucks to go to this show. I'm not sure that they're going to oh. ping in, bring in high ticket prices there. But I think that they'll they'll sell some tickets and do, you know. 60-70% type of uh, houses okay. for eight weeks. Let, let me give everybody a tip here. If you're paying $75 for tickets to this show at TKTS, you're getting robbed. Uh, that's just me personally. Uh, there's also uh, Caitlin Bristow, who is apparently a uh, a former Bachelor or Bachelorette contestant. I need to ask Patty Murin and Tim mm-hmm. Fetterly uh, who, she, who she is. Um, she's going to be narrating, I guess. And then Danny Aiello is going to be offering stories and songs. I've got to imagine that Danny Aiello is doing that via video because there's no way that he's like the fifth or sixth build person of this thing. But anyway, um, that'll be interesting. We'll see. I I will be very happy if I'm proven wrong and this thing does Buku box office. Uh, I just don't foresee it, but yeah, I mean, there's a niche market for everything. So I feel like there's a chance that it might surprise us, but we'll see. I would see this honestly doing better if the entire cast was made up of people from the bachelor and bachelorette series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, sticking with ABC, since The Bachelor and Bachelor on ABC, let's move to another story about the Alphabet Network. On Friday, Deadline reported that Stephen Schwartz and Five for Fighting's John Androsik would be writing music for a new ABC musical pilot called Harmony. According to the article, the show is set in the town of Harmony, New York, where residents have the most unique dialect in the world. They sing their feelings and dance their emotions. When a brutal murder rocks this thriving tourist destination, a repressed detective must return to the musical town he left as a teen to solve the crime and confront the ghosts that have haunted him since he fled. James and Natalie, this show has not yet been picked up to series, but I'm already setting up my season pass on my DVR. I am all in for this thing. It could be awful, but... Uh, this sounds perfect. I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, this sounds like either a train wreck or a huge hit, but not in the yeah. middle. Yeah, it's it could not... go either way. <laughs> and if it's a train wreck, I want to watch it. Oh because yeah, it, you got to. It's like it could, it could be cop rock or it could be crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> and yeah. harmony, you know the the Barry Manilow show that never made it to Broadway. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Tony Asbeck. Tony oh, Asbeck was uh, in it for a long Patrick time, Wilson. and they did it. In, Patrick Wilson, yeah, they did it in Atlanta once, and then they did it in California. Poor, poor Barry Manilow. When's that guy ever going to catch a break in his career? <laughs> <laughs> I can't smile without you, and I can't <laughs> smile without Sutton Foster as she heads into the studio to record a new album. Yes, finally in this section on Friday, the great two-time Tony-winning stage and screen star Sutton Foster tweeted, quote, heading into the studio next week to record a new album, hashtag finally. Uh, we don't really know what's going to be on this album, if it will be Broadway-centered or something else, maybe new original songs, but she tends to kind of have a blend of different covers, both from the Broadway realm and from the popular music realm. I have all of her solo albums, but I have to say my favorite song on any of them is her rendition of Craig Carnelia's uh, song Flight. Special hat tip to Donna Lynn Champlin, according to our friend Robbie Rizell. She's the one who actually wrote that arrangement for her own album, and then Sutton used it on her album. But James, on that version of Flight, Sutton has a duet partner. Do you know who that happened to be? No. Uh, it was her uh, um, uh, uh, Little Women co-star Megan McGinnis, who was also the star of Daddy Longlegs. So, oh, uh, you got everything, me there. Everything comes back to Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so My, sorry you're not going to be able to come see it live in New York here. Well, that's uh, that's Ken Davenport's fault. He should have kept it running, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh Natalie. Yes. Matt, Matt is coming to New York and he needs to know what to do in this week's theatrical schedule. So why don't you tell me? All right. Well, first up, on Monday, Classic Stage Company's The Stowaway opens. Inspired by the plays and language of Shakespeare, this world premiere by the trusty sidekick theater company uses puppetry and live music. Also on Monday, the Broadway production SpongeBob SquarePants begins previews. Following a run in Chicago during the summer of 2016, SpongeBob SquarePants will open at the Palace Theater. Ethan's All right. You, okay. Sorry, real mm -hmm. quick. What yeah. both of you, what are your predictions for this one? Super successful or train wreck? I mean, kind of like Harmony, really big or really not or in between, I guess, although I don't see it really having an in between. Uh, I think that, you know, I think that it's going to burn bright and fast. Uh, I don't, you know, it depends upon if it's going to make it over the January, February hump. But uh, a lot of families come into town during the during the Thanksgiving, Christmas season. Uh, and I think that they will go see this show. Uh, and whether or not it's an adult show, we just don't know. So yeah, what I do don't you think? Know. Do you think I people are going to go see it? I mean, I think they will at first, but I think it could go either way. I don't necessarily see it sticking around a long time, but um, but I don't know. I'm interested to see how it does. Did we have I, any idea about the ticket sales in Chicago when it was there? Was it a hard to get ticket? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't think we know. I, I, I don't believe that it extended, but that could be. I could be just not remembering. Yeah. But uh, but it, it could also have been one of those things where they just couldn't extend because people had other yeah. obligations. Uh -huh. um, but I but I do think kind of like what you were saying, James, is I think them beginning performances now was really smart to capitalize on the tourist holiday crowd to give themselves a little bit of a bank to kind of hopefully make it through the tougher cold January and February months, um, because it's obviously going to capitalize on the kids. And, and I think doing it now is probably a really smart uh, producing decision. 
So they have a November 6th uh, preview, December 4th opening date, open-ended. Okay. Mm -hmm. Natalie, keep going. Yeah, so so in this production, Ethan Slater will be making his Broadway debut as SpongeBob, and he is joined by Tony and Olivier nominee Gavin Lee as Squidward Tentacles. Next, we have London's Royal Shakespeare Company's production of Coriolanus, which will open on Monday. Coriolanus is set when the Republic of Rome was just emerging. The brave soldier Coriolanus must decide who he really is and where his allegiances lie. Four-time Tony... Oh, sorry, go back. Four-time Olivier Award nominee Hayden Gwynn is featured in this production. Everybody's Talking About Jamie will begin previews on Monday at London's Apollo Theater. Supported by his loving mom and friends, 16-year-old drag queen Jamie New, portrayed by John McCrea, overcomes prejudice, bullying, and steps into the spotlight. This production will open on November 22nd. On Tuesday, the world premiere of Summer, the Donna Summer Musical, as Matt mentioned before, opens at the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego. Tony Award winner LaShawns, along with Ariana DeBose from Hamilton and Storm Lever, will each play Donna Summer at various stages of her life. Pride and Prejudice, a primary stages production, will begin previews on Tuesday. Writer Kate Hamill of Sense and Sensibility is debuting this adaptation of Jane Austen's classic romance novel. This production will open on November 19th. Also on Tuesday, Prospect Theatre Company's The Mad Ones will begin previews. This contemporary score from songwriting team Kate Kerrigan and Brian Loudermilk explores the inner life of a young woman on the brink of change. The cast includes Christina Alabato from American Psycho and American Idiot, Emma Hunton from Next to Normal and Spring Awakening, and Ben Fankhauser from Broadway's Newsies. Bucks County Playhouse's The New World also starts previews on Tuesday. This show reimagines the myth of the first meeting of the Pilgrims and Native Americans. The cast includes a mix of Broadway veterans and newcomers, led by Anne Harada from Avenue Q, Les Mis, Cinderella, and many more. Previews will also begin on Tuesday for the off-Broadway production of Hot Mess at the Jerry Orbach Theater at the Theater Center. Uh, Hold on, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. James, is it is it just me or is it ironic that a show called Hot Mess is opening at the same place that Perfect Crime is also playing? <laughs> I, I yeah, you know, I uh, is is it uh, my? It's like the crossing of the streams in Ghostbusters. Got the best of both worlds. <laughs> See, James is bugaboo is daddy long legs for some reason and mine is perfect crime but at least daddy long legs is good you know good <laughs> perfect crime is not yeah that's true <laughs> but anyway sorry sorry to ignore you uh, oh, to no, interrupt you again it's all right so lucy devito daughter of actor danny devito stars alongside broadway's max crumb in this production and they portray eleanor and max they're soulmates who have discussed almost everything with each other. Eleanor has discussed her ex-boyfriends with Max, but he hasn't quite mentioned his. A revised version of the musical Big Fish opens on Wednesday in London at the Other Palace Theatre. Emmy, Tony, and Golden Globe Award winner Kelsey Grammer will star as Edward Bloom. The Broadway revival of Once on This Island begins previews on Thursday at the Circle in the Square Theatre and was last seen on Broadway in 1991. The cast includes Tony and Olivier Award winner Lea Salonga, Alex Newell from Fox's hit TV show Glee, and many more. This production will officially open on December 3rd. Also on Tuesday, The Minutes begins previews at Steppenwolf Theatre in Chicago. Tracy Letts, writer of the Tony Award-winning play August Osage County, brings you this new comedy, which exposes the ugliness behind some of our most closely held American narratives. 
Tony and Golden Globe nominee Kevin Anderson is featured in this production, which is set to open on November 19th. The original Broadway production, The Parisian Woman, also starts previews on Thursday. Set in Washington, D.C., Chloe, portrayed by Uma Thurman, is a socialite and is coming to terms with her politics, her past, her marriage, and the uncertain future. Joining her is Josh Lucas, known for his works in the films Sweet Home Alabama and A Beautiful Mind, along with Tony nominee Philippa Sue from Hamilton and Martin Sokas from the Lord of the Rings films. This production will officially open on November 30th. Next, the original Broadway production of The Band's Visit opens on Thursday at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. With music and lyrics by David Yazbek, this production features Golden Globe and Emmy Award winner Tony Shalhoub, known for his role as Adrian Monk in the TV series Monk, as well as Broadway's John Cariani, Adam Cantor, and more. Next, on Sunday, 20th Century Blues begins previews at the Pershing Square Signature Center. This new play by Susan Miller, with direction from Emily Mann, explores four women who are bonded by an annual ritual of, ha- by an annual ritual of having their pictures taken, therefore documenting their changing lives. But when these pictures have the potential to go public, these women are forced to confront what they've become. This production is set to open on November 26th. Now, moving on to the closings for this week. First up, all... <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yep. First up, All for One Theater Theater's production of Squeamish will close on November 11th. This production stars two-time Tony nominee Allison Fraser. The Public Theater and Elevator Repair Services production of Shakespeare's Measure, Measure for Measure will close on November 12th. Another November 12th closing is the Public Theater's production of Tiny Beautiful Things. Academy Award nominee Nia Vardalos of My Big Fat Greek Wedding is featured in this production. And lastly, Knives and Hens, playing at 59 East 59 Theaters, will close on November 12th. And that is it for this week's theatrical schedule. James, I have to ask a question here. The This uh, Tiny Beautiful Things, this is the second time it's played the public theater. It's directed by Tommy Kale. Nia Vardalis wrote it and, and stars in it. I've heard nothing but overwhelming praise for this show. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or if if you guys discussed it at all on this week on Broadway. I can't remember, but does this have a life maybe in a commercial run on Broadway? Do you think with all the praise that it's gotten? Um, you know, it's a, I, I, I don't really know. We have discussed it. I did see it. Uh, I feel like it's one of those shows that might not work in a big theater. Hmm, okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I thought it was really good. And we did discuss it on This Week on Broadway uh, last year sometime when it was yeah. uh, first it, around. Yeah, because I've heard nothing but great, like almost life-changing revelatory things about it. So you just have to wonder with a name like Nia Vardalis uh, uh, involved, I mean, starring and writing it and Tommy Kale directing, you would think that if it had potential to transfer, it probably would be discussed. But I just don't know enough about the show to know if that makes feasible or dramatic sense to do so. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we're going to have to see. I, I think that it's uh, it's got enough demand that they should think about moving it. But again, I'm not sure it works in a larger space. Yeah. Okay. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Natalie, why don't you say goodbye? All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. 
And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow before Matt gets on the big plane. Leaving on a jet plane. Well, <laughs> yeah.